The Syracuse football depth chart for week one against Louisville has been released. Owen and I have some takes, some uh, perspectives. We'll share them with you. It's on Lockdown Syracuse. It's right now. Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte and Valentine with you on your Tuesday morning episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. We're talking depth chart today. We have been talking about it. When is the depth chart for Syracuse football going to come out? It comes out on Monday, the day before you listen to this. Uh, So let's hop right into it. I will share my screen and then we can look at it. Okay, we're looking at it together. Here it is. Now, there are plenty of observations that we can make right off the jump. But, Owen, if it's all the same to you, I think we should go position by position. I like that. I'm going to throw an apology out early. If you live in Syracuse, it's currently Monday night as we record. Uh, There's a pretty good rainstorm happening outside. So if you hear some rain, I apologize. If thunder happens, I apologize. But I don't think it should be too big a deal. Uh, but, yeah, let's go position by position and start with the quarterbacks. Okay. So, Schrader, we knew was the uh, starter, and I think it was kind of a shoe-in that Carlos Del Rio Wilson was the backup, but not 100%. Um, I probably would have put, like, an 80% chance on that, not 100 but Carlos Del Rio Wilson does get the nod. Good news, I'd say, because it means he doesn't stink. Uh, and, I mean, for the people out there who are the – presidents of the Jacoby and Morgan fan club. This one might sting, uh, but it's Carlos's time. I think we all know that, or at least it will be in a couple of seasons. So no surprises at quarterback. No, I think when you look at this and you, you see that, that Dan Valari is taking snaps at wide receiver, he was also in that conversation. I think that should say enough in terms of this whole situation. Carlos Del Rio Wilson seems like he, he picked up the offense pretty quickly. I know every you know, piece of this offense is still learning things under the new offensive coordinator and Robert and I. Uh, But when you look at the snaps that Del Rio Wilson was taking in, you know, media opportunities during preseason camp, I think he was the clear option. Uh, And I think you sort of saw that he was going to be the number two. uh, And it was was relatively evident based on things that you heard, things that you saw, and just sort of the overall vibe around, you know, what he was able to do uh, in really, really rapidly picking up this offense and showing his stuff. And Dan Valari pretty much has officially become a wide receiver for Syracuse. Uh, that's what we learned today, uh, Monday, that is. Uh, there is a chance he'll go back to quarterback at some point, but I think moving forward he will be a wide receiver. Dino and the coaching staff say they just want him to be able to be useful somewhere because he's such a great athlete. So if we see him at all, it'll probably be at wide up. Okay, moving on. Sean Tucker's the starter. We knew that. LaQuint Allen gets the RB2 slot, and I couldn't be happier about it. I think that that was the right choice. A lot of people, some people were tweeting at us, commenting in our YouTube comments, saying that Jawan Price 
was going to be the RB2. It's not the case. The Quint Allen, the true freshman, comes in, takes that spot. We know he pulled down a couple of Hail Marys at training camp. Uh, I think if we see him at all, it'll be in a Cooper Lutz type of role where if he's on the field, you know he's either going to catch the ball or be blocking. I don't know how many handoffs he's going to take, but LaQuint Allen, I'm happy he gets that spot. Yeah, good for him. Uh, and, you know, there there was a little competition for that. And I don't think, as you were saying, when you look at comments, ideas, preseason, before preseason camp thoughts, uh, it seemed like Juwan Price could have easily been that guy to to slot into the RB2 position. And LaQuint Allen, you know, earned his spot, right? There's a lot of shakeups that happen in camp. There's a lot of things uh, that you're battling for and working to learn. And it just seemed like LaQuint Allen did the right things consistently throughout camp. There was the day where, you know, he snags back to back or, you know, two Hail Marys in one practice. Seems like he was really just figuring things out and, and, you know, doing his part when he could, right? When you've got a workhorse like Sean Tucker, that's going to be getting rep after rep after rep after rep and carry after carry after carry game in and game out. Um, this backup role, I think can be more important than you might think considering how many carries people want and how many carries you'd expect Sean Tucker to get, you know, if Sean needs to come off the field, as you might expect someone to do when they're getting the ball as often as Sean Tucker might be, uh, LaQuint Allen's going to be, you know, in the backfield every game for a little period of time. So, uh, this is a big win for him. Uh, congrats to him. Uh, and it's just sort of cool to see a re- or just a true freshman come in uh, and battle and win a spot. Uh, and I, I think it's a good sign for the position. Maybe, uh, you know, he is the guy uh, as you move forward and, and Sean Tucker leaves uh, whenever that may be. Chris Elmore comes back as the fullback. Hopefully we see a full healthy season out of him. I know I want it and everybody else does as well. Yeah. We've seen him be the tight end one. We've seen him on the depth chart as an offensive lineman. The dude can do it all. So Elmore's back. That's exciting. But on the tight end, this is the first piece of kind of big news, if you want to even call it that. Aronde Gadsden, who I think everybody knew or at least thought was going to be a wide receiver for this team and one that was probably going to be included in the offense's game plan is, is at tight end one. He's 6'5", yeah. 216, maybe a little bit undersized at 216, but how about it? Tight end one for him. I'm, I'm glad to see that this probably means they're going to utilize a receiving tight end for the first time since Aaron Hackett caught a touchdown in 2019. Yeah, this is from what I've understood. and I'll... Oh, he'll be back in a second. I swear, that's Storm in Syracuse. It's really picking up, I assume. Uh here he is. We're back. Sorry. Stephen Bailey, been here, you know, all preseason, giving us the eyes from camp. Uh, he seems to be saying that this isn't necessarily your true tight end role, and it's more. Wow. He's getting kicked out like nobody's business. Uh, but what he said, oh, he's back. I'll let him answer. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. The Internet doing its thing. Uh, it's a flex spot. So, we, yes, he's going to be lining up as a tight end, but. Uh, this is going to be a position that that bounces around and it's not going to be the most consistent role in terms of him just lining up as a true tight end play in and play out. He's going to move. There are going to be a lot of different looks. Um, Stephen Bailey mentioned uh, at Virginia under Robert and I's offense there, one of their receivers, Keaton Thompson, uh, sort of had that similar role that he thinks Aronde Gadsden might play. And uh, in 2021, 
1,200 total yards, would line up, you know, in a wildcat type, getting direct snaps, uh, would be getting, you know, in motion, going into the backfield, taking carries, lining up in the up as sort of that tight end slot this is something that you could see Gadsden doing easily uh as an eye gets things going at Syracuse I think yes you're going to see him line up as a tight end but you're also going to see him out uh in the slot you might see him you know moving and pausing in the backfield getting a carry or two uh you might see him doing just so many different things so this is sort of that this is not a knock at Aranda Gadsden and his receiving abilities by any means uh, I think this and him being listed at the tight end uh, in what Robert and I's sort of definition of the tight end is in this offense, uh, this could mean that he is going to be their guy, that they consistently target and do almost anything that they can to get him the ball. Uh, and I think that's a really good nod to what Gadsden's shown and uh, what he can do this year. Yeah, absolutely. And before we move on, let me just read a quick advertisement from BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, we're back. Talking about the depth chart that just came out for Syracuse football. We go from tight end to the wide receiver core. Some shakeup in the wide receiver core. We left the 2021 season thinking that the makeup of it would be Courtney Jackson at one, uh, Quilly at two and then Damian Alford at three. Now, that is just not the case at all. Alford comes in as the number one, Courtney Jackson as the two, and Devon Cooper as the three with Isaiah Jones uh, and Trevor Pena listed as backups. No Anthony Queeley in sight. Now, I don't know if he's injured or he just didn't play well enough to earn a spot, but I won't say, I will not come on this podcast and say I was confident in Anthony Queeley at any point. I saw that man just have touchdowns fly through his hands on multiple occasions. I can't say I'm surprised. I, 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 I just, I guess I expected him to be on here in some capacity, I? not necessarily as the number three that maybe, you know, walking into the season we thought. Um, but I, I, I am, you know, very, very interested to see, you know, why he's not there. We haven't really heard anything as to the rationale. It could have just been as simple as, you know, these are the top five wide receivers uh, and Queeley didn't make the cut in terms of uh, making the first yeah. depth chart. That is a legitimate possibility. We don't really know. It's very interesting. Uh, it's a funky takeaway from this and something that I definitely wasn't expecting. But as you were saying, uh, he, he needed to make some some steps to improve. Uh, and maybe when you look at guys like Isaiah Jones and Devon Cooper and Trevor Pena, even, you know, picking up that last sort of listing here. Uh, they've been doing more, they've been showing more, and maybe it's just, uh, you know, you lose a position battle sometimes. Last night after we finished recording the pod, I fell into a YouTube rabbit hole of Jamal Custis highlights. Oh. I mean, he was the wide receiver one when I was a freshman, so I have a special uh, bond to him. Me and uh, Locked On Blue Jays host Ben Shulman were watching them. Uh, and Alford kind of gives me those vibes. Custis was 6'5". Alford is 6'6". 
he's a massive person, and to have your wide receiver be able to go up and just moss guys like Custis made plays that I don't think people remember. Like he was so darn good. And when DeVito came in, the DeVito to Custis connection, DeVito's senior year was so underrated. I mean, Custis was so darn good. Um, not saying Alfred's going to be that good, but I hope he is. That would be awesome if they had a guy who could be that big. What a, like a big, like a real NFL body at wide receiver comes in and could make plays like that. That would be freaking awesome. Also, good to see Isaiah Jones healthy, ready to go for week one, and he yeah. makes the depth chart. I'm pretty pumped to see what he can do on the field as well. I expected Aronde Gadsden and Umari Hatcher to be there. No Umari Hatcher. That's the other big news. And, of course, Gadsden at tight end. So, those explains that, or that explains that, but no Hatcher, no Queely, uh, which is the interesting part about the receiver core. All right, let's move on to the offensive line. It's pretty much this is, chalk. I was just going to say chalk right here. It's yeah. what we expected. Bergeron, Ellis, Vetterello, Bleich, Davis left to right. I think that's exactly what we all expected with Josh Iloa being the backup at center and Enrique Cruz at the blind side. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's chalk. That's exactly what we all expected. Ed, and let's reiterate real quick that the starting offensive linemen all weigh over 300 pounds or within 10 pounds of 300 pounds. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. These guys are huge. They have the potential to be really, really, really special. Uh, yeah. So if they can be and Schrader can maybe utilize his noodle arm better than he did last year, they'll have a chance at something on the offensive end, not just on the ground. Okay. Yeah. Let's swap over to defense unless you have any offensive points you want to get in. I was just going to, you know, reiterate from left to right, 322, 375, 292, 326, and 335. Those are some bodies on the offensive line. Uh, and as, you know, we've been discussing and as we bring it up, likely the best O-line you've seen since 2018. Uh, and maybe, you know, depending on how changes have happened in the offseason, who got better, uh, maybe they can give a little bit of a case for uh, – you know, being, you know, right on par with 2018. So good to see that. I don't think there's any surprise there. Enrique Cruz, Josh Iloa, you know, being the two that we would think would slot in regardless of who goes down uh, if someone goes down. But that's exactly what we thought in terms of uh, the O-line. Yeah. All right. On to defense. Immediately in the defensive yeah. line, there's something to talk about. Steve Linton, nowhere to be seen. And my first reaction to that was he's probably injured, which ended up being the case. He was banged up, but not the entire case. Stephen Bailey, our friend of the pod, asked uh, Babers today about where is Steve Linton on this list. And Babers said he was banged up, but he's going to be ready to go by game day. So he just didn't make the cut, which I can't say again that I'm entirely surprised about. We've talked about it on here before. People have gotten upset about it. But, hey, it's the truth. He was less than 220 pounds. How can you confidently put your hand on the ground as a defensive lineman when you can't break 220 pounds? You're not – Syracuse isn't the only offensive line with guys at these weights. You can't no. push guys around when you're not big enough. And that's exactly what they went for. Jatia Skier, 233. Terry Lockett, 270. Caleb Okachuku, 268. These are big guys. Jatia Skier, redshirt freshman, hasn't seen game action, but – I'm excited to see what he can do. Stephen Bailey told us he has been one of the guys, one of the kids who's impressive. Same with Dennis Jaquez Jr. So those two guys looking to make an impact, maybe, just maybe, they could have a diamond in the rough season. Don't forget about what happened last year 
with Cody Roscoe. Nobody saw Cody Roscoe coming. No. Everybody thought, all right, this defensive line is going to stink. And they were fantastic because Cody Roscoe, a two-star transfer from McNeese State, came in and made a difference. So you don't know what you're going to get with these young guys on the defensive line, but don't just count them out. A lot of people just counting them out. I don't know necessarily that they're going to be great, but give them a chance. No, and this is definitely, uh, yeah, this is definitely a unit too where, you know, it is relevant to look at who is listed second on these lists. And I, I think Babers' quote today is, uh, they're not twos, they're one and a halfs uh, yes, for a lot so of these it. guys. So, you know, when you look at the D-line and you see a guy like Dennis Jockas Jr. or Chase Simmons, you know, those aren't guys to completely write off as, oh, they're second on this list, don't worry about them. Uh, these are very much guys that are going to rotate through and you will see on the field. Uh, most likely against Louisville. Uh, It's, you know, it's, it's funky to see uh, that Steve Litton isn't on this list at all. Um, And then Dino fires back and says that, yeah, he's healthy and will be available for Saturday. So that, that says something. Uh, But I I think these are, you know, five names. When you look at Tachias gear, Dennis Jacquez Jr., Terry Lockett, Caleb Okachuku and Chase Simmons uh, that you're, you're going to see, uh, rotating through on Saturday and guys that you should become familiar with throughout the year. Absolutely. Uh, linebacking core, once again, chalk, although the backups I am interested in, you've got three redshirt freshmen, Leon Lowry, Austin Rune, and Derek McDonald. Derek McDonald, a former tight end, as we all know. Uh, so that's the cool story there. Excited to see how a 6'4 linebacker plays for Syracuse. That's going to be awesome. All three yeah. of the backups are huge. Leon yeah. Lowry, 6'4", 6'4 6'3, 225. 6'4. Rune, 6'3", 228. McDonald, 6'4", 225. These guys are massive playing backup yeah. linebacker. Uh, so that's awesome. Look forward to the future. Uh, and then, I mean, I don't have a ton on the linebacking core if you do. I think I think you said it. You can move right on. I mean, there's not really a surprise there. That is as you know, pretty much we go with the, the O-line and yeah. as, as chalk as you can find for this yeah. team right now. Okay, so secondary, again, where it gets incredibly interesting. Garrett Williams, not a surprise. Deuce Chestnut, not a surprise. But Jeremiah Wilson breaks through. He's going to be backing up Garrett, which I think everybody's really pumped to see Jeremiah after yeah. that one-handed interception in, in camp. Uh, and he's just kind of been the talk of the town. He, the famous, now kind of famous story of him on his visit, not wanting to go to the bars, rather wants to go uh, and work out at the field. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Um, and uh, Isaiah Johnson in there as well. Redshirt Jr. Good to see him uh, potentially making an impact behind Deuce this year. And then how about the safeties? Jihad starting. So Jason Simmons, a guy that transferred here from New Mexico State, came here because he wants to go to the NFL. Now backing up Jihad Carter. I would not be surprised if he works his butt off and overtakes Jihad by the end of the season, but it won't be because Jihad's not playing well. Uh, so you'll just have two really good boundary safeties. Uh, Rover, Justin Barron, exciting to see him. Baber said in the press conference today that he is playing for the first time without pain in a really long time, so he can only is focusing on football for a while. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and behind him, Rob Hanna. And before we go any further and talk about the next two guys, I just want to say Neil Nunn, nowhere to be found. And he was one of those guys who was in 2020, one of like the breakthrough DBs, like it was Jihad, it was Rob Hanna, it was Garrett, and it was Neil Nunn, who everybody kind of learned the names of. No Neil Nunn. So I don't know 
where he is no Amon Greenwood either. So Syracuse may be an upgrade. Uh, okay, Elijah Clark, Braylon Oliver, they're looking pretty good. Everybody's talking about Elijah Clark at safety. Uh, Braylon Oliver as well as, an, as a name that we've heard plenty. Both transfers, Elijah Clark from Rutgers. I'm excited to see what he does. Cinco, and he wears a – look at this man. Look at this man. He wears a there he we wears go. a dollar sign chain in his. I love him. I already love. He's a baller. I love him. <laughs> um, he's he's. We've heard about him seeming pretty darn good in practice. So I'm excited to see what he can do on the field. Uh, but other than that, I think they have a really strong secondary. I do too. And then you look at you know Braylon Oliver back there too is is a Louisville transfer for what that's worth. Uh, so you know spent some time there. Uh, I don't know how much intel there is. Maybe he has the secret code to stopping uh, Malik Cunningham. Who knows? I doubt it. <laughs> Malik Cunningham is going to be tough. Yeah. Um, but the secondary we'll looks good, man. Looks yeah. really good. And I, I think are. I'm most confident with the secondary. Maybe the linebackers and Sean, of course. But I'm I'm really confident with the secondary. I mean, the back eight is is really cool to see sort of come together and – have some names pop up in terms of a guy like Elijah Clark uh, and even Justin Barron too. And Jah- I mean, really, you know, when you look at, at the safeties uh, to see them sort of pop up and I think you are correct in that this Jihad Carter, Jason Simmons battle that, that could ensue for, for snaps and as much time as they can humanly possibly get uh, in that position. It, it's going to be fun to watch. And that's so much what you want is that competition to see, you know, push, you know, push Jihad, push Jason, both of them, you know, wanting to, to get up, get them snaps and just be, you know, the best version they can be. And that is just going to elevate the play that you're going to see in that Syracuse secondary even more. So I think that's something that is definitely worth keeping an eye on. And I'm sure this is not the only time we will mention it uh, in the upcoming season, but definitely uh, I, I do think it's cool to see this secondary come together uh, I think I will still side with the linebackers right now, but if things work out the way they might uh, with the secondary, I think they're going to have a pretty good case uh, come Monday when we talk about you know opening week performances. Yeah, and Syracuse uh, has the most returners among ACC schools, 17 returning 17 starters, which is pretty freaking cool. Yeah, uh, and does a lot for a team i think an underrated amount so that's something to uh to look out for as well but a lot of experience coming back for su on offense and defense let's move to special teams the battle everybody has wanted to hear about the punting battle has been won by the man from wagga wagga max von marburg and i couldn't be happier about it has it there's an or listed there there is an or but i'm just taking the man on top right now is it, I wouldn't be shocked if they. Both I bet you punt he makes the first Saturday. Punt. I bet you he makes I, the I think, first punt. I think that's a a good argument and a good idea. I would by no means be shocked to see them both punt on Saturday. Listen, man, Jason or excuse me, James Williams last year he might have been better punting backwards. That guy he really was brutal. I, I, I mean, and he didn't have easy shoes to fill with Sterling Hoffrick there out the way, but still, he was yeah. just. Terrible. Uh, I, I can't imagine Max von Marburg is a lot worse. So True. I'm hoping Marburg comes in and is fantastic. I now, would assume Andre you Schmidt, are correct. Andre Schmidt, of course, back. 
the 2018 Lou Groza Award winner, who was not good last year, uh, but hopefully he can kind of regain and make a case for the NFL this time around. Aaron Belinsky back, the senior at long snapper. He's named a captain this year, so that's kind of exciting for special teams. Let's and then how about holder. how about the holder? Oh yeah, Justin Barron, the rover, is the first string holder. <laughs> what? Yeah, like that's like what what did he do to get to this spot? Like, are they going to run trick plays and have Justin Barron run around the field? I hope so. That would be cool. Why not? You have pure athlete. (laughs) But like, why him? Like, (laughs) I don't know. Weird. It's so weird. But I'm actually really pumped to see it. I wonder how many college teams got hands like that. I wonder how many college teams don't have a punter holding kicks. Uh, that's a good question. If someone wants to research it, that'd be great. It's not. I mean, that's just our backup quarterback. Something, Justin Barron. I'm excited. I'm. I. Uh, I can't wait to see it live on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I don't. I don't know. I don't think this is like a ploy to be pulling trick plays left and right. Uh, as much as it is just, you know, sometimes you have to throw a guy somewhere. Uh, for what's oh, best. What do you mean? <laughs> Safety holding. This is not the case of throwing a guy somewhere. He is a safety that is holding kicks. What are you talking about? This is insane. Great hands. <laughs> Soft hands. All right, man. I I I'm pumped about that. Uh, and then kick returner, of course, Mr. Trevor Pena, who looked pretty good, pretty much all of last season, but I think surprised everybody against Ohio game one in Peden Stadium. Uh, played pretty well. So let's hope Trevor plays well again this season. Also caught a 60-yard touchdown against Clemson, I believe, which is pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, that's the Syracuse depth chart. We're pumped about it. We know you're pumped about it. Um, That's all I got, man. You got any yeah. final points? I, I think we covered it. You know, the, the big takeaways, I, I think, sort of just go back to when you look at LaQuint Allen ended up winning the, the RB2 spot. I don't think it's a surprise Dorio Wilson ends up as QB2. Uh, I think my biggest one uh, is Aronde Gadsden at tight end. Uh, and Matthias so cool. Gear at defensive end were sort of my two big end, ones. I'm um, yeah. And then I guess, you know, my my sleeper pick for most surprising uh, is Justin Barron at, <laughs> at your folder. So uh, cool. But I think a lot of this, it, it's good to see this, right? You know, this this comes out. It seems like randomly Dino will be like, oh, we don't have a depth chart. We don't have a depth chart. Bang. Here's the depth chart. Um, so it's it's fun to see this. It's fun to sort of see, uh, you know, what was just preseason talk and what is actually come to fruition. Uh, I think you see that in, in LaQuint Allen. I think you see that in Jeremiah Wilson. Uh, I think you see that in Elijah Clark. Uh, but we've got we've got a two deep and we've got a football game on Saturday. Uh, and it, it is exciting to be right there and, and on the brink of, of week one uh, with a huge game in the Dome. Uh, and this is just what I needed to get me even more fired up for this weekend. Same. All right. Well, that's all we have today on Locked On Syracuse. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode covering SU athletics but uh getting more on the acc by making locked on acc your second listen every day host candace cooper and the local experts of locked on take you across the acc in 30 minutes make locked on acc 
your second listen. It's Locked On ACC. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine. We will catch you tomorrow. Peace.